Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. We are back at 365 Sports NFL Media headquarters, Radio Row, the great Darren Woodson, former Cowboys safety here with us, Paul Catalina, and I'm David Smoke. What what does this week mean to you? I know there's a lot going on with you right now. Uh, well, this week, as always, Super Bowl is always a big week. And, you know, for 13 years I covered it through, with ESPN, had the opportunity to do it for three three uh, Super Bowls myself, playing with the Dallas Cowboys. So it's always that special time, but it always brings back memories of, not so much the week of Super Bowl is the work that went in before mm-hmm. that. It was in March and April when the off-season programs are kicking off, and you know what you are working, working toward the ultimate goal being the Super Bowl. That's that's to me what this is all about because this is just the flowers. Then you know mm-hmm. once you put in all that work, here come the flowers, and and you have the opportunity to play in this game. What is the biggest difference you see from your three Super Bowl teams? to what the Cowboys are going through now because I don't know like if you could say personnel wise you know strategy wise that there's anything they haven't tried to do to to get back to where that is yeah but there's there's an element missing that seems to be almost intangible from what you guys had to what is going on now well it's hard to compare that right because back then it was a little different I mean, look if you looked at us uh, across the board offensively, we probably had the best offensive line to ever play, play the game as far as depth is concerned. You know, mm-hmm. the Stepnoskis and, and uh, the Larry Allens and the Nate, Newton, Gogan. Nate Newton, Giesick, Gogan, I mean, Frank Cornish. We, we just had so many guys that we could throw. Even our backups would come in and dominate, and we were extremely physically offensively. Defensively, we were just the, the opposite as far as we bring guys at waves on you on the defensive front. I mean, we had guys coming off the bench that could you know, play at the highest level. And then 
you know, the secondary was always pretty strong as well. So we, you know, I think personnel is different. And, and our identity was totally different. Coaching staff were different. The way we went about our business was, was, was different. Uh, this team has to find its own identity. I remember having this, this same conversation, uh, gosh, with, with uh, Romo and those guys way back when I was telling those guys, they were asking me the same type of question. Like, you guys got to go find your own identity. Like, mm -hmm. you got to go find what makes you special because that's not what you guys are doing is going to be totally different than what we are. But, again, like I just said earlier, it didn't start during the season where you just – the season started and you flipped that light switch on. It was – we were fighting and going at each other in March and competing them with each other in the weight room. And then and when we were doing running drills, we were competing back then. And I think that was the difference because we were just sharpening each other and Jimmy kept an alpha dog mentality all the time where competition was – you know, it was the glory of what we were doing was the competition that allowed us to play at the highest level. And I'm not sure, I'm not saying that they're different, but I, I, maybe they are. Maybe they go about things totally different nowadays. Your leaders, your stars, including you, Aikman, Emmett, Irvin, were also the hardest working yeah, absolutely. from what I absolutely. was always told. And that's no different from, look, I'm not in that locker room in today's game, in that Cowboys locker room. I'm not. But you can't tell me, that, I, and I'm going to give you this. I office at the Star in Frisco, where they practice. My office is on the third floor. It looks down on that practice field. And I can see when guys in the offseason, they show up March and April. And number four is there. Mm -hmm. He's putting in work. Micah Parsons, the rest of those guys, they're coming in to putting in work. So there's a lot of guys that show up early. They get the work in that they need to do as far as taking care of their body, getting physically strong. I'm not sure if all of them are coming in. Like, we had no choice. You didn't miss the offseason. There was, was no voluntary. Oh, no, there was, it was voluntary mandatory. That, <laughs> or, or you got cut by Jimmy, right? Yeah. It's a little different now just because of CBA rules. But, and that goes across the board from every team. But, you know, that's how you build a team. It starts early on where you can't miss and you hold each other accountable. For, for showing up, working out, and, and getting that mindset right for, to be a championship mindset. Uh, you, one of the players you played with in the secondary, Kevin Smith, Pup. Yeah, uh, Pup the Dog. He's a uh, college football yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah, man. Uh, one of the Much guys, uh, you know, and look, for the Cowboys teams, he, he you know, forget how good he was. Yeah. And I think part of that is because, look, Larry Brown won the MVP of the, the game. Yep. You know, Dion was there with you guys. Mm -hmm. You're there. Yep. You know, but you had James Pup, Washington. James yeah. Washington. You had all Thomas those, Everett. Yeah. 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 All yeah. those guys there. And Pup was consistently good for yeah. all this look, time. Look, let me tell you, Kevin Smith doesn't tear his Achilles. He's he, he's a perennial all, all pro. Mm -hmm. He's per, I mean, he came in his second league. He should have been an all pro player, a yeah. pro bowl player at least. And he got skipped over. But he came in the league, and, and a little different for me because Kevin Smith was my roommate. We came in together. Mm -hmm. he, and I watched him play. Craziest thing is I, I, don't, I hate to say this with him because I don't want to get his head swollen. <laughs> but I was at Arizona State. He was at Texas A&M. And I remember watching them play and watching Pup play uh, at A&M and, and saying, man, that dude. He can do it. Oh, he can do it. He can line up. And he was covering man-to-man, -man, no help out there one-on-one, -on -one, moved his feet, done, went after the ball, did a little bit of everything. And, and then we got drafted. He goes, I think it was 17. I go in the second round. He goes first round, set, that 17. I go in the second round. And we were roommates the entire time in, of his career. It was 10 years or nine years of his career. We were roommates on the road all the time. So 
the, the friendship and the relationship and the reason why I'm sitting here today, I promise you, there's a reason why I went to I'm a pro bowler and did all those things and have these individual accomplishments. It's because Kevin Smith, Larry Brown, Brock Marion, James Washington, Thomas Everett, those guys poured into me every single day to make me a better football player. That's the reason why I became what I was. I was listening to Dave Campo on the other radio the other day, and, and he was talking about what your role was and what you were like the glue. And I know there's a lot of stars on that mm -hmm. team. The line was quick, and but he mentioned that you were the glue. And obviously because of what this week could mean to you as well, mm -hmm. the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, it, do you go about this week any differently than you have all the other times you've been involved with this? As far as a player is concerned? Uh, as a player or, or someone who's the possibility of or immortality. Of being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, no. I, I, look, I guess I look at this week as, you know, look, the, the epitome of what I've always wanted to accomplish is, of course, I wanted to win championships and win as many as I can as far as a team concept but as an individual you want you want to be recognized for your play um, and for me it's do I want to be in the Hall of Fame absolutely, absolutely yeah. I, I'd be lying to you if I told you that it doesn't weigh on my heart that that you know hopefully I have the opportunity to, to do though because because I want to I want to recognize those guys like, like we just said the, the James Washington and the Kevin Smith and all those guys that never that were on number one defenses all those years and aren't getting recognized. The, the, you know, the Dixon Edwards is of the world, or, you know, the Russell Maryland, so many guys that I played with. I want to recognize those guys because we don't have a lot of the players. Like 92, 93, we might have Charles Haley. Dion didn't come to us until 95, and he had mm -hmm. played with the Falcons and then with San Francisco, so he really doesn't count. Yeah. But the rest of those guys that won those championships, man. You haven't gotten the residue that the Steelers no. got from the 70s. No, you, you, at is all. That, you know? At all. Ken Norton Jr., who ended up going to San Francisco, right. was the leader of that defense in the in 92. Like, there's so many guys that played at really high levels. We, you know, and I'm thinking about this the other day. You know, we forced nine turnovers the first Super Bowl. Yeah. Nine turnovers. The first Super Bowl, five the, the one, second, the one at the like, Rose Bowl. Yes, I was there. Yes, and you're right. It was like it almost got to the point where, were they playing with a different ball? Exactly, and it's like I don't know if we got recognized to play, legitimately, the, be the number one defense throughout the entire season, go on the Super Bowl, force nine turnovers, and no one says anything. Mm -hmm. Like it's just it's it's ridiculous that the, the 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 guys that played on those teams don't get some of the same fanfare. You played with Deion Sanders for a few years, and. Yeah. He, um, I, he's a very polarizing guy for people on the outside who don't know him, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, because they, they've decided to, to paint this picture of, of what Dion is based on whenever they, they remember him in, in his career, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But Dion Sanders, the coach, is kind of a different animal than, than maybe I think a lot of people have seen. What is uh, your yeah. opinion on what he is doing and what he is trying to do as a head coach? Look, man, he's been a leader of men forever, and, and no one has ever given him credit for the fact that he, he's so willing to help young kids, either young kids, young football players, to put them under his wing, to help them grow on not only off on the field but all off the field, like just being a, becoming a man. And I, there's so many guys that that coming him coming into the locker room that you know guys rallied around him because he is that leader of men. And and to watch him look, I think we've, we're seeing the final product of what Dion is as far as his coaching ability and. The, the fact that players want to play with him. But I remember when he first started off at the Pee Wee League level. Oh, like yep. at the, at, at Little kids were coming to him, seven, eight years, nine years old that were coming to him. 
and he was talking about them being uh, being men men and, and the way they treat the, the way they should be treating their mom and how they should be acting in school and doing the right things and he was teaching kids then and then it went to the high school level and then it went to Jackson State right and now he's at the University of Colorado and he's still doing the exact same thing teaching men how to become men and, and I, I just got so much respect for him the best football player I've ever played with hands down there's two guys Larry Allen Deion Sanders. And Deion Sanders, I'd say, the best football player and the best athlete. He's got both of those things. You know, people, I also think, don't know because they just saw, like, when you saw him in the 90s, you saw Deion in the clothes and the flesh and yeah. prime time and that the cr character he kind of yeah. created, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. That was his persona. But people don't realize how, like, everybody, I've never heard one person say Deion was a bad teammate. No. Never once. Never. Never was. And he's a country boy. You yeah, never yeah. know that. Like, it's prime time on game time, yeah, right? You think he's from L.A. or oh, Miami no. or something. No, yeah. he's fishing on. Yeah. It's Sunday, Monday morning. He's You're going to find him at the local pond somewhere trying to fish or or drag drugs his, uh, his little pond with turtles or something like that. He is a country boy at heart, but he's the most giving person that you'll ever meet. Now, prime time does show up. When it's game time, whether you be a football player or a coach, he wants to play with confidence. And he's the most confident person. And I've learned so much about, you know, how your approach to a game and how much confidence you bring just by watching him prepare and then walk out on the field and talk to himself to be the best. We had Bill Miller on earlier today from mm. the Gaming yeah. uh, Association. And we were discussing the state of Texas and uh, Mark Cuban selling off to yeah. the group out of Vegas. And you are... Uh, Partners with Choctaw Casinos and Resorts as part of the entrepreneur of what you do now. Yes. Uh, and Aikman and Pudge and Emmett and all of that. Emmett just came on today, joined the partnership. But we are, look, I've been a friend and had a relationship with Choctaw for the last seven or eight years. And it started off by going up to Choctaw, driving 90 minutes up and watching venue, concert venues up there. Mm -hmm. Best concert venues you could ever have are at Choctaw Resort, just 90 minutes up north right in, in the city of Durant, in Durant, Oklahoma. But it's, it's, it's an easy drive. But also, they built this tower about two and a half, three years ago, where it's a resort-style pool uh, class. I mean, one of the best steakhouses in, in the country. And it's a, it's a way to get away with family. I'll take my kids up there, I'll take my wife, my family, friends, either go watch a concert uh, or enjoy the amenities. But it's been a great relationship, and that's the reason why you see the likes of the Troy Aikman, who's doing the same and has for the longest time, or, or Emmett Smith uh, joined that partnership because of that relationship. It's a strong relationship. So you're a businessman. Yes. You, you took care of yourself after the career. How was that transition for you? Because we had Nate Boyer on, who's mm. part of a military and NFL players after their regiment of what right. they are and how difficult that transition can be. Was it ever for you? No. It was, well, it kind of was, but, it, but again, it wasn't because at, when I was playing football, my agent was a developer. And I offered with my agent mm -hmm. for, oh, my God, 96. Uh, I started wow. doing that. So I, I started understanding the real estate game early on because of my agent, George Bass, who was a CFO for a company called Weber & Company. So the transition for me was I understood what life was like without football mm -hmm. and that there was something that I could be in love with outside of football, which was real estate. Uh, and, and that's the reason why the transition wasn't so hard, because I knew exactly what I was going to do. Emmett Smith knew exactly what he was going to do. And, and got a kudos to Roger Staubach for coming back and pouring into Absolutely. guys like myself and Emmett and, and the real estate game. But 
we, I, I think I've always known that life is short in this industry as far as the NFL is concerned, not for long, uh, and knowing that I was going to move into something else. So my transition was not as hard as some of the former players that I played with. Arizona State going to the Big 12. Yeah. You, I mean, look. I'm happy, man. You're happy? Look, there oh, you okay, good. They're basically saying, Darren, we're going to come and see you Come now. see me. <laughs> yes. So I get to see. And we've had to adopt teams, right? And, and you know, because Arizona State is out in Phoenix and I'm in Dallas. So we go watch TCU play. We go down to Texas and watch Texas play. And, and I have kids that love playing. They love the sport of football. Now I get to see Arizona State come to TCU uh, and play that game and, and you know, go to Baylor and yeah. play, that, play those games we'll, there. We'll, and, put, we'll put you up. Yeah, we yeah. will. We'll take care of you yeah. down in Waco. We got a couch now. <laughs> you you waited on me, huh? Yeah. So no. I, the Super Bowl against Pittsburgh yeah. was at Sun Devil Stadium. Yes. Your alma mater. Yeah. My dad gra- got his master's at Arizona State. He was at Luke mm. Air Force Base. Yeah. And I just now that just popped in my head that you played the Super Bowl in your yeah. stadium. You know what the most – what the greatest thing was about that wasn't so much that it felt like home field advantage because it kind of did sure. because I played you know so many games being a Sun Devil and playing uh, my, my college career there but it was the fact that I had so many people like teachers that were my grade school teachers that I gave tickets to and oh, coaches cool. yeah. that came up and that week leading up to the Super Bowl uh, Tuesday and Wednesday I went up to the schools and met with the teachers and I that was the most fulfilling part of me because I was that little kid that was in their classroom mm-hmm. that was just a little snotty-nosed kid that <laughs> never knew what he was going to do. And those same teachers poured into me, and now they get to watch me. They get to go to the game and watch me play. That was the most fulfilling part of uh, the Super Bowl. With free agency interrupting your run in Dallas, and obviously there was the coaching change, yeah. but Switzer still – was yeah, able to be there so. when Super Bowl 30. Absolutely. How many in a row or how many in a chunk could you guys have put together had free agency not? Yeah, it's a hard question, but I, I legitimately feel like we could have won at least four or five, at least five. I think this team was, that team was special. And it was special in the sense of the way we worked, um, the way we were attached at the hip off the field. Uh, how Jimmy, and if Jimmy could have stayed with us, how Jimmy approached that team and how he knew how to, you know, take the accelerator off when he had to, push it when he, when he had to, and, and how he surrounded us with a great coaching staff at the same time that allowed us to play. So uh, I think with, when you got a guy like Troy Aikman at the helm, mm-hmm. man, he, doesn't, he does not get enough credit for not only his skill set but his leadership abilities. Uh, I, I think that Troy would have led us to the, at least five Super Bowls. I got a question for you. There was a practice, a summer training camp, where he got so pissed off the offense was struggling or whatever. He turned around and punted the football. Punted the football started the entire practice over again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just suck. Uh, back then, when I was a kid, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're doing. It's like we're about 10, 15 minutes for practice being over. He was and, so frustrated. And he was so frustrated. He kicked the ball and he said, "Start it all over again." We started from. The defensive back. So when you walk out on practice, in Jimmy's practice, you know exactly what you're going to do. You go do defensive back drills. You backpedal. You do all these. It's like a game time. You know, the guys are warming up for game. It's the same thing for practice. So we started practice all the way over again and and then went from there. But that was, you know, that was Troy. Troy wanted to – he wanted not only to win, but things had to be right on the practice field in order for us to go out and play on Sunday. And if they weren't right – we weren't going to be the same team. And that's what we kind of lost. That's what we lost when we lost Jim. That edge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I, um, I, there's a lot of people who like to take the hot take of like Troy Aikman shouldn't be a Hall of Famer because he didn't throw for a lot of yards. Shame. It's the stupidest thing. Shame, it's the stupidest dude. thing in the world. Uh, and I can, <laughs> like, he was the most accurate passer in the league. Yes. I mean, he could throw the ball through a keyhole. And I, I just tell them, like, all right, you put Troy Aikman in the Cowboys offense right now. Oh, yeah. And he's going to throw for 6,000 yards. yards. Absolutely. He's going to throw And he threw it. He threw the out route better than anyone. He threw the deep post. I mean, the skinny post. I mean, he was as accurate. And I saw this guy every day. So you don't think I was getting sharpened up every single day? Oh, yeah. every time. When I had to cover Michael Irvin or, Alvin or Jay Novacek or whomever. Like, you better be on him because he's going to put it in a place where where they can only make the catch. How fulfilling was it when you, like, especially when you're a rookie coming up and Aikman's, you know, threading the needle on you and he's, you know, Novacek's muscling you up and Irvin's, mm. you know, basically robbing you. Right, you know, right. The way you played. But when you made that first one, when you're like, oh, okay. Does that make you feel kind of like, okay, I do belong here? Yes, yes. And it was, I think it was early on in my career. It was like the first few months of me making it. Because my deal was I, was, I was what they call a tweener. I played linebacker in yeah. college. And they didn't think I could cover. But I, Lovey Smith was my coach at college. Taught me how to cover slot receiver. Taught me how to cover the running backs, uh, tight ends. I was a cover guy. So the team didn't know that until I came in, a, I came in to, to, with the Cowboys. But when I first got there, it was, you know, I'm watching guys and I'm thinking, okay, I know exactly where I fit. Like, dude, I can play. Like, I honestly was the confidence went through the roof when I got there because I knew just by watching the personnel that I fit. I'm going to make this team. And not only am I going to make this team, but I'm gonna, I'll be an impact player for this mm -hmm. football team. And you were, and I'm hoping this weekend that that is uh, something that you were honored with. I appreciate that. Uh, Lovey Smith, Big Sandy, Texas. Big Sandy, uh, he, Texas. He is a great friend of mine because he, he? he recruited when he was at Tulsa. He played at Tulsa, then became a coach. He recruited East Texas. That's where I was when I started covering you yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Lovey Smith loved the guy. Yeah, great man. Great, great, man. great defensive mind. Yeah. Again, it's it's Choctaw uh, of casinos up in uh, just on the other side of the Texas border. That's right. And uh, make sure you have a chance. Aikman, Pudge, obviously Darren Woodson, Emmett Smith, a part of that. And uh, Choctaw, a part of your life. Enjoy the weekend Absolutely. up there. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank you, guys. buddy. Uh -huh. Darren Woodson, the 365 Sports in Vegas. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.